some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. No way in the hallway. David Howard Thornton, welcome to the Spook House, sir. It's good to have you here. Thank you, thank you. Oh, now she's trying to take my headphones from me. Yeah, <laughs> David's cat has uh, gone crazy. She's trying yeah. to take over the podcast. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Is that your only pet? Yeah, that's the only one. It's, it's actually my roommate's cat here, so it's like it's the choice of living in New York City where the rent's so high you have to have roommates. <laughs> oh, man. What part of New York are you in? I live in Astoria, Queens. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's like right outside of Manhattan. It's like easy subway ride in, like, you know, it's just boop right over right over the, the East River. Um oh yeah, according to IMDB, you have a birthday coming up, sir. Oh god. Ha- happy birthday, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't even want to think of that. It's like I I, I turned forty one this year, so I'm just like, oh no, this is not right. I'm not supposed to be that age. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, because like when I was a kid, I, I I thought that was archaic. I was like, no, that's that's like my parents. You know, they when their friends turned forty, they threw big, huge, over the hill parties and stuff like that. And yeah, now I'm like it's me now. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the uh, the mid thirty range, and yeah, uh, I have those moments as well. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> getting it's up weird. there, man. It's a weird realization. It's just like, nah, this is not this. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any plans for your birthday? Are you a big birthday celebrate kind of guy? I, you know, I probably not this year because, you know, COVID and stuff like that. It just, that's yeah. just kind of complicates everything. It's like last year because like I my birthday was right during uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So everybody was out of town. So I was like, Oh, you got to be kidding me. Cause you know, it's like, I want to do something special for my 40th that everybody was gone. I was like, okay, well this year then I'll do something cool. I, I was like, I was thinking about taking myself down to Orlando this year. And cause I have a lot of friends down there and then like, you know, hitting the parks and everything like that. And just like yeah. regressing to my childhood, but then COVID. <laughs> so yeah. Like, That's a bummer. Yeah. It- yeah, do you have any uh plans for the holidays? Are you going to go back to Alabama? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> How often that, do you get back to Alabama? Uh every blue moon. It's just like every it's the last time I was there is like 2 years ago for my 20th high school reunion because I was like, okay, I got to go back for that because you know, it was right after we released on Netflix. So it's just like, yeah, I got to go make an appearance at that be like, yeah. hey, suckers. <laughs> had, a, had a lot of people seen the movie? That you went to high school? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of funny. I think that was like every, like, because I was such a geek growing up. I was like the theater geek that no one really paid attention to. So it was just like, 
And I was like, every geek's dream come true is to be able to go back to your high school reunion and be like the cool guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, I saw your movie. Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, you guys used to push me into lockers. <laughs> <laughs> now you don't want to mess with me, do you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure you got like some interesting, uh, I saw your movie. That, that was really good, David. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I definitely got some of those. Yeah. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You saw what I did to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fake. Don't worry about it. I'm not like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of like uh, anniversaries and all that kind of stuff, yesterday was the 30th anniversary of It. Yeah. The, uh, the, mini series yeah i want to call it a movie but you know you know the yeah, one I always, I always think of it as a movie too i don't think Same. of it as a mini series because it's just like yeah it was just a long movie split into two parts <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's safe to say the first half is definitely the better half of that mm-hmm. oh yeah in yeah. both versions you know it's just like it's I think it's the the stuff going on with the kids is the cooler stuff. You know, it's just like that's yeah. I I think there's more of a sense of you know danger and urgency because they're kids. Yeah. As opposed to it's just like yeah, they're more vulnerable at that age. So it's just like ah. Plus that's really when he's doing all the stuff to really freak them out and really going after them more than he was. You know, so and when they're adults, he's he's not really going after them as much. They're going yeah. after him at that point. Yeah, and there's some. uh really hammed up acting in the um like when you get to like the adults in the uh-huh. the first it it's like whoa i don't remember some of this <laughs> this is oh yeah it, it's actually funny going back and watching it now and i was like man this is not nearly as scary as i remember it being yeah but i mean it, it is iconic and you know tim curry one of the greats yeah. uh one of the clown greats Oh, definitely. You, you can't, you can't, you, you know, mess with Tim Curry. It's just like, that's that he, I mean, he really made that series anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. Have you ever met him? You've done like yet. cons and stuff. Yeah, He's never been at any of the ones I've been at. So mm-hmm. yeah, because I would love to meet him. That, that would be just great. Just it's like, yeah. it's, it's a pity, you know, with, you know, his stroke and everything. Honestly. Right. Right. And because that's, that's got to suck because, you know, he's still mentally boom sharp as a tack. It's just right. like that, that stroke complicates things. It's just I, I had uh, one of my mentors back home um, growing up. He was a great, fantastic actor. He was taught theater and he had a stroke and it paralyzed half of his face. And it's, oh, nice. it was just, you know, he, like I said, he was still mentally there, but it was like it was it inhibited a lot of what he could do on stage and stuff like that but he still did it but it, it just wasn't the same and i was like ah man that sucks yeah that's a tough one man um yeah. speaking of uh cons and all that i mean obviously nobody's really done any you were in north carolina for the mad monster right yes didn't you yes, do I, that one i i didn't I make did. it out to that one yeah it was uh last year oh yeah. okay never yeah. wow Man, time's just all screwed up. I'm like, wait, was that this year or last year? No, yeah, it was last year. It's like this this year has been like the weirdest year with time to me. It's been the slowest year, but also the fastest year. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I don't even know what day it is most of the time anymore or what month. I'm like, what where where are we right now? <laughs> right. And you well, you were supposed to do Carolina Fear Fest. I was here. Yeah. So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was like, when I saw that you were announced and everybody else, I was like, yes, 
it was like the uh, second year of it. The first year yeah. was pretty good, but um, it's pretty cool that North Carolina is getting a horror con. Yeah. yeah. It's good that that's happening. It's just because it's, it's a fun place to visit. I, I was actually spent some time in um, Fayetteville a few years ago. I, I was down there for a few oh, okay. uh, weeks doing the 39 Steps. So I really got to just, you know, hang out down there. It's like I fell in love with cookout. Wow. Oh, there. wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That was Those milkshakes, man. Oh, my God. Is yeah. the price for everything, too. It's like I can get like an amazing meal for six dollars. I can get a hamburger, a corn dog, a thing of fries and a milkshake for like six bucks. I'm like, and they're yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the choices of milkshakes were amazing. It wasn't just chocolate and vanilla. It was like 30 different flavors or something like that. I was like, Oh my God. So it just gave me reason to go in multiple days to get different milkshakes. <laughs> exactly. And they are the thickest milkshakes in the world. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I was so happy. I was so happy. <laughs> well, hey, maybe you can uh, go back to one if they, uh, you know, do the Carolina Fear Fest again next year. Oh, I will be there. I will. I will have someone drive me to one if I have to. I'll be like, <laughs> someone, please take me to cookout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring you a milkshake when I yes! meet you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think like the best one I had was like the the peanut butter Nutella one. That was just like, oh, oh yeah. I have to hit them up tomorrow. <laughs> uh, that made me a happy boy. Very happy. <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> How about Bojangles? Did you hit up any Bojangles while you were here? Nah, no, no. Like, I mean, I grew up in Alabama, so we had Bojangles. Okay. There too, so, okay. Yeah. 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 So it's just like yeah, Bojangles was okay. I was just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing special. It's yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, we, we had a place in uh, Huntsville, was which was called Tenders. I don't know if it's still there or not, but they had amazing chicken fingers like the the dipping sauce they made for it was like it was their own homemade sauce and it was just the uh -huh. best sauce in the world i was like oh i'll go there at least two or three times a week <laughs> yeah i'm a yeah. huge chicken finger guy so <laughs> yeah man i love uh well i'm vegetarian but some of the uh fake uh chicken stuff is really good like yeah. actually i had some chicken nuggets for lunch today actually i'll trust uh, you on that <laughs> <laughs> I don't was, believe you. Yeah, one of my old roommates, my best friend Noah, he he's like a vegetarian. So it was funny when we lived together. It's like we were like Jack Spratt and his wife. It was just like he had all the vegan stuff. I had all the carnivore. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's looking at me. He's like, how the hell do you eat as much as you do and you don't gain anything? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what is there to do in um, Alabama as a young man in Huntsville? Ah, oh, God, a whole lot of nothing, really. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just like, basically, back in the day, it was like, everybody go to the mall. That was about it. It's like, yeah. you go out and hang with your friends at the mall, or you go sit in the parking lot or something like that, of like a gas station, something like that. Because, yeah, Huntsville didn't have much going on. I'm like, I, I did a lot of community theater, though, so, you know, that's that took up a lot of my free time, especially on the weekends and stuff like that. So, I do mm -hmm. that and just go to movies and stuff like that with my friends. So that's that's pretty much how we kill time. So like your your options were limited. Maybe, you know, you go play some miniature golf somewhere or something like that too because we we had a good place called Southern Adventures that had like putt-putt and go-karts and stuff like that. So Yeah. 
and go swing by and get some meth before you do it. It's a grand yeah. old time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not really more in like Huntsville. You, you go out there to like like the, the county area, like Sand Mountain area. That's where you, you find all that kind of stuff. Oh, is- that sounds like the the bad place you don't want to go like sand Ooh, mountain you don't want to go there oh no no that's that's where like the snake handler churches are and stuff like that oh, and you got all wow. the satanic cults that have their like rituals out there it's it's it's, it's crazy it's crazy it's i yeah. had like some um friends that were you know on the police force and they would just tell me some of the stuff would happen out there in the country areas the stuff they would find i'm like my god man <laughs> <laughs> Satanic rednecks. That's a scary thought. Yeah, yeah. Huntsville's a weird city that because it's like it's it's like a um it's like an outlier in Alabama. It's not what you would really think of for Alabama because it's a it's a, a town of engineers because that's where NASA first started. So it's oh, wow. people from all over the world moved to Huntsville to work for like NASA and Boeing, Lockheed Martin, all those like you know okay. government agencies and stuff like that. So, but it's like you you get the ca- the county people as we would call them that that would come in and so you would basically see them at Walmart like at late at midnight or something like that. And you're like, oh yeah. here here they are. <laughs> <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I grew up like an hour outside of Raleigh in a very rural country area. So, yeah, I, actually, I was just telling a client of mine earlier, we started talking about like growing up in these small towns. And I was like, man, like a trip to Applebee's and Walmart. That's like a Friday night right there. Like, oh, yeah. Well, that was even like a Friday night in Huntsville. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're going to Applebee's. Yes. Yeah, take your date on a little oh. walk around Walmart, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember when we got the McDonald's and the wa- we had a super Walmart built, and they put the McDonald's in, and I was like, ooh. And then we got a Target. <laughs> we called the Target. It was like, oh, this is even yeah. fancier Walmart. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the simple joys, really. But <laughs> Yeah, um, so... Yeah, as a, as a young guy growing up in Alabama, you said you did a lot of theater. Um, mm-hmm. What? How did you get like gravitate towards that? Like, it were was you um, always interested in it. Yeah, pretty much because like my my parents, my mom directed a lot of theater at our church growing up, and okay. then and my dad participated in a lot of that. And then I was like in middle school, and I was bullied a lot. And it, I, I went to a new school when I was in sixth grade, and we moved to a different part of the city. And so I didn't know anybody there. And so people, you know, my middle school didn't know what I was actually like. You know, they just saw me as this little short little kid because I was late bloomer and I had glasses, braces, skinny, you know, in the South, you know, where everything's all about football. Sure. So it's like, oh, you know, sang soprano in the choir. So, you know, easy, easy target. And Mm. and so, you know, they always teased me. So I was very shy at that age. And but, you know, at home, I was always goofy and stuff like that. I was, you know, doing all my crazy characters and voices and stuff like that. And my mom's like, why have your classmates ever seen this side of you? You're really a funny kid. And I'm like, thanks. But no, they don't let me talk. You know, they're always pushing me around and stuff like that. And I was like, we need, they need to have a chance to see who you really are. And she's like, well, you know, your choral program this year is doing a production of Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah, I think you would be perfect for the role of Mickey Mouse. You do a great Mickey Mouse impersonation. So why don't you go for it? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So I went in, got the part and everything. We're doing the show and 
things just start to go wrong on stage. Like at one part, like the set fell down on Scro- like Scrooge and I. It was a cardboard set, thank God. Oh no! <laughs> like one of those big, you know, cardboard box that people just painted within the background of Sco- Scrooge's office and stuff like that, and it fell on top of us. So I just turned him like, "Oh, Mister Scrooge, I think we have rats." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good save there. Yeah, and I, I just started doing stuff like that while you know people were fixing things. At one point, there's like the the Cratchit family was we're having our little dinner with the small little chicken, and the table breaks and shoots the chicken over the audience. And I'm like, wow. oh, oh wow, that's we just have fast food. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like what middle school age? Yeah, it was my eighth grade year, and it was okay. like I. I just had everybody cracking up, you know, it's like I had the audience laughing with me instead of at me for once at that school. And and I, I liked that feeling. I was like, wow, I'm in control now. I'm I'm you know, I'm getting the laughs and it's not they're not making fun of me for once. It's they're having I'm bringing joy to these people. I like this feeling and I want to do this more. And my mom's like, well, you should start auditioning for community theater. And and so I did, and that's where, where it really picked up from there. It's just I started doing a lot of community theater. Then I went to college, but I didn't get a degree in theater in college. I got um because I was trying to be um practical. I was like, well, you know, I would love to do acting, but you know, the likelihood of making it in this career path is very, 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 very slim. So I'd rather have something I can, you know, fall back on if anything. But so I was like, yeah, I, I can still act, and I but I can have another job. So why don't I go into teaching because I love kids and I come from like four generations of teachers. So I did that, and my mom passed away when I was in college from cancer, and that kind of changed my my whole trajectory on life. You know, it's like wow, life's too short. And she's like, yeah, that's our last conversation together. She's like, yeah, life's too short not to do things you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and about a year later, that all clicked in my head. And I'm like, yeah, I think she's I think I know what I need to do with my life now. I don't want to be an actor. I want to I mean, I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be an actor. I, so I decided to give that a shot. I finished up my degree and then I moved to New York. And my dad has supported me 100% the whole entire time. I was like, because my dad was a NASA engineer. So I expected the whole engineer like, oh, no, you put all this time and money and effort into teaching. It's a more stable career path. And he's like, no, no, your mom always thought that that's what you should do. So, uh, but we didn't want to tell you what to do with your life. We wanted you to figure it out for yourself and make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think you chose wisely. It's like, yeah, it's going to be a harder path for you but you know i think you could do it if you really put your mind to it and what what age were you when um well first of all sorry to hear about your mom that sucks Ah, um my dad passed away in 2015 from cancer so yeah fucking sucks man yeah it's 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 like when you lose a parent at an early age in life it really puts a lot of things in perspective you have to grow up in certain ways and you see life in, in a little bit differently than most people do at your age and mm-hmm. and but yeah I was, I was 22 when that happened okay so that, I was like in my final year or so of college I because of that you know I, I kind of went in a little downward spiral for about a year or so there because I was very depressed and so I took a little bit of time off and then I finished up my degree I, I, I took like a year off just to like you know get back to myself you know what i did the exact same thing um so like i was saying earlier i'm a massage therapist when Mm -hmm. i started school was like a year long and three weeks into school um we found out like 
oh, your dad has pancreatic cancer and he died two weeks before I graduated. So like ah. the whole schooling process, it was like trips to the hospital and yeah. this and that. So after I finally graduated, I was like, you know what? I just need to like chill for a year or something or, you know, I, I didn't plan for it to turn into a year. It just happened that yeah. way. But yeah, you, you got to do that. You got to do it, though. It's like sometimes you have to just like take some time for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's what I did. And what I did for myself was like, I that's when I really got more into theater. I was like, I because it, it was escapism for me. I was like, sure. I, I'm, I'm not myself for a few hours on that stage someone else and I get to escape from the depression that I'm dealing with. I yeah. can, and I can bring joy. I can bring laughter and smiles to people instead. So let's do this. And that I, 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 in a lot of ways, I think, you know, theater saved me. Yeah. So what grade did you teach by the way? I taught uh, elementary. I was actually, I actually never got officially into the classroom. I was doing my internships in the schools. Uh-huh. But I never actually had my own classroom to myself. I, every time I was in the classroom, I always had, you know, a, a teacher that was there, you know, you know, and stuff like that. But just like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really when it really hit me. It was like I was doing story time with my children one day and I'm doing all the voice for all the characters and they're just <laughs> laughing and they're having fun. And it hit me. I was like, man, I get more fulfillment out of entertaining these kids instead of actually teaching them i'm like that's what i need to do this is what i need to do with my life this brings joy i just like that bringing joy to other people like that brings me joy and i'm like this is what i want to do yeah that's cool man um have you ever tried stand-up i i used to way back when i was in high school <laughs> really <laughs> you should yeah, give it another shot i can see you <sighs> i've seen that video of you doing um for those that haven't seen David's YouTube channel, he has this video <laughs> where he runs through like how many impressions in 110 impressions in like nine minutes. Yeah. It's just like rapid fire impressions. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I tried doing stand up. Thanks for thinking that. But I'm like, I, it, it's, I'm not really a writer. I, mm-hmm. I'm, like my co- comedic skills really excel more when I'm just in the moment and I, sure. I, get, I just think of things on my feet. I'm really good at improvisation and stuff like that. So it's just like, and, and standups hard. I have a lot of friends that do stand up professionally and I, it's, it's hard. I, I would say if all the arts professions and like theater and all that kind of stuff, not discount, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, music or dance or anything like that. I'm talking like more like acting professions. Mm-hmm. I would say stand up the hardest because all 100 percent dependent on you you have to write your own materials you have to put yourself out there constantly like my friends would be going here in the city they'll be going from all over the city during weekend nights after working all day then they go out and try to do like a three three four or five minute set in different clubs all over the city and so they're having to constantly travel and you 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 uh survive or fail Based on yourself, no one else can make you succeed in that. It's 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 tough. It's really tough. Right. Yeah, I've I don't know. I I come up with like funny little bits in my head, but like, yeah, it sounds good in your head. But like executing it and yeah, there's a whole 
a ton of variables involved with stand-up. It, it really is. It's a craft in itself because it, it's not like traditional acting. It's like you're basically doing a one-man show and you have to have your patter down. You have to know how to handle, you know, ha- uh, the, the, you know, those jerks in the audience that try to, you know, hassle you and stuff like that. It's sure. like, so it, it, there's a lot of stuff that you're having to, you, you have to, you have to be quick on your feet too, because you know, something goes wrong. You can't just, you know, you yeah. have to be, keep going with the flow or it's 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 tough it's tough that's i i respect the crap out of stand-up comics because of it it's like it's not easy it is not easy at all do you have any mime experience (laughs) actually no no i really i I wouldn't say like traditional mime experience i i I grew up doing a lot of you know physical comedy Uh uh-huh i love that kind of acting because i grew up watching you know the greats from back in the day, like Chaplin and Keaton, you know, Harpo Marx, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Oral and Hardy. Then my my aunt probably gave me one of the best Christmas gifts ever when I think of it now. It was like, uh, besides my dog that I got when I was second grade, but uh, I said this is the second <laughs> Christmas gift. And so she gifted me a, a box set of all the Mr. Bean videos. Oh, wow. Okay. And I would just sit there and digest those. I would watch them over and over and over and over and over. And I, I think that's where I got a lot of my style from was from watching Mr. Bean and like Jim Carrey. And yeah, like, I could, I could see that. I, I see a lot of uh, Jim Carrey like mannerisms in art. Yeah. In a way. It's like because like like Rowan Atkinson and Jim Carrey, I would say were very very good at having mastery over their body. Mm-hmm. They they could do things with their body and their faces, especially that you don't really see a lot of people doing. Uh, and you saw it back then in like the silent film era, the vaudeville era, but you know you don't see it now. And it's it's a it's a it's a different type of you know art form, I would say as well. It's mm-hmm. and I had um for five years I understudied Stefan Carl, who was Robbie Rotten on Lazy Town as the Grinch in the National Tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical, and Stefan was a master at physical comedy as well. He, I think he actually went to clown college, if I'm not mistaken, in Iceland, where he was originally from. Hmm. And so Stefan really helped, you know, fine tune my skills that I had been cultivating my whole entire life. He, he, he would see what I would do and he's like, okay, I got an idea for you. Why don't you do this, this, because you need to bring more attention to this. And if you do this, this, and this, it bring, you know, makes the joke work better that way. I'm like, that's, Cool. Okay, cool. I, I see the mind because, you know, I had never sat, had anybody that could actually sit me down and explain everything I had been doing to me. It was just something I learned from observation. I, I never was formally trained in acting, I would say. I just, everything I do, I've learned from watching other people. I just, yeah, I, I've taken little bits and pieces from everybody I've watched and, you know, made it my own, my own way. Yeah. It was it was kind of cool having somebody that could actually sit me down, was like explaining why certain things were funny. I was like, "Oh, that makes more sense now." Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Is there any footage of you as Grandpa in the Grinch? I, I, I tried searching know. around. I didn't know if I was seeing you or. Yeah, I don't know if there really is because like because I, I wasn't originally Grandpa. I was his understudy for about three years, and I took over him. Uh, for like two years, my last two years of touring with it. So it's like, there might be some footage somewhere, but I'm, I'm not sure. I okay. wish. Yeah. Before that I was, I was buzz who in the chorus. 
<laughs> and I understudied both Grinch and Grandpa at that point. So. so when you said you toured with it, like, what does that entail? Is it like, you know, like how many cities is that? How long is that? Like a, a... well, it was a holiday show, so we would basically tour. Would usually leave New York in late October and tour across the nation. And the first year, we also went up to Canada for um, about two months through Christmas. We'd do a few shows after Christmas, but those usually didn't sell as well because it's after Christmas. And who wants to see uh-huh. a Christmas show after Christmas? That's kind of weird. It always right. felt weird, too. It's like, yay, Christmas. <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> yay. Yeah. But it's, you know, we were basically, uh, we were lucky because most Broadway tours, I think they go to different cities a few days a week. We would have at least a one week sit down, sometimes two or three weeks in a city. So we had time to really decompress during the daytime and go around the city and do sightseeing and all that kind of stuff and go and do a show at night and then party afterwards and yeah. the same thing next night. And it was the weekends, which were the harder days because sometimes we would do four shows in a day. So oh, that wow. was the, the, the weekends were exhausting. It's like it I was always amazed with some of my, my uh, co-stars who would go out and party afterwards. I'm like, how are you standing on your feet right now? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so you never uh, had had to struggle through a performance with a hangover? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh. That was... That was I, I did that and I learned my lesson. I was like, mm, not doing that again. So like, if I knew we had a performance in the morning, I was like, no, sorry, guys, I, I'm going to bed. I was like, yeah, because no. <laughs> I, I did that one weekend and it was just like, oh, God, because it's, it's a high energy show because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be happy, 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 happy. So like when you've got like, you know, massive hangover, a horrible headache and all that, and you just you're feeling just nauseous, you're just like having to jump around and stuff like that. You're like, oh, God, this is this is pure hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we've all been there, though. I mean, I tr- if I have something important to do the next day, even if I just have one client, I'm like, I can't be hungover. But it's happened before, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, now that I'm in my, you know, now 40s, but just like, I I just don't really go out and party like that as much. Because I, I can't recover nearly as fast as I used to. Like, right. I remember back in college, I could be, you know... I, wake up in the morning i'm like oh and then like halfway through the day i'm good but now i'm just like that whole entire day i'm just like ah <laughs> <laughs> I just, no leave me alone <laughs> i'm never doing this again <laughs> yeah we've all been there so how old were you when you were doing all the grinch stuff i was uh in my early 30s early 30s okay yeah So what were you doing? Like, so you were a teacher up until about what age did you quit? teaching? I would say I was about 23. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then I took like a year or so because my dad, like after my mom died, he wasn't really in the best place either because my dad had never been alone. Uh (laughs) He didn't know how to function. Like Hmm. he knew how to put rockets in space. But, like, other than that, he didn't, you know, my mom did everything around the house. You know, she cooked, she cleaned, all that kind of stuff, and he didn't know how to function. So I I didn't leave until he was in a serious relationship with someone. And I'm like, okay, he's going to be okay now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
he has someone to take care of him. I, I don't have to worry about if he's going to be able to eat for the week. <laughs> yeah. So then you uh you you packed up your stuff and you left Alabama. Yeah. And you were yeah. like, I'm going to New York. Yeah, I so moved like, up here when I was 26. 26. Okay. So like, what was that first day in New York like? You know, kid yeah. from Alabama, like, here I go. Like, yeah, that this was, works. That was interesting. It's like it. Yeah, it took me a little while to adapt because you know. New York's a different place than Alabama is in a lot of ways. I, I really stuck out like a sore thumb when I first moved here because I'm walking down the street and waving at people and saying, hi, how are, how are you doing? Good day. Yeah. Good, you know, people like looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's well, like, you don't really, you don't have a Southern accent. Well, I mean, I have an accent, so I can't really, Yeah, maybe I'm not the best judge. It, it well, you know, it's after living here for fourteen years, it, it kind of goes away. But it's like I, I, you know, it's it's funny. Like yeah, like when I first moved here, I, I definitely had one. I didn't I didn't think I had one, uh-huh. but then when I got a new phone and I had to change my uh, voicemail message on it, and I heard my old voicemail message, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. It's like, hey, how are you doing this day? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my god, that that can't be me. No, <laughs> no I'm sure understand if, uh, why people was like, can you get rid of that accent? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, do you occasionally drink now, or like, well, from time to time? Yeah, right. I've never been a big drinker though, because like. And uh, alcoholism runs in my family. Sure. So I was always very careful about that in, in a lot of ways. Like it was in, Plus, I, I like to be in control of myself, too, because I, I, as a kid, I had a chemical imbalance. So I had a hard time controlling my emotions when I was younger. It went away when I hit puberty, thank God. But, it was like, but I had a lot of years where I wasn't in control of myself. Oh, and I, awesome. And so I don't like that feeling. of So, you know, I've never done any drugs or anything like that for that same reason, because I, yeah. I like that my my mental functions working in that yeah. I'm, I'm already scatterbrained enough as it is i don't want anything else making more scatterbrained so <laughs> don't want the the tiger to get out of the cage <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i don't want to just wake up in a jail cell I'm like what the hell happened <laughs> <laughs> what did i do <laughs> well i i asked that because at least personally whenever i have a few beers like the southern accent really oh yeah yeah that, that <laughs> does happen to me it, it is especially when when i've been because you know i still drink i just don't drink heavily I, I i get enough to get me a little bit tipsy and i'm also a sipper too so i, I people make fun of me because i'm like man you're still nursing that beer i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when i've been especially when i make conventions down south and i have a few beers in me that's when the accent really comes out and people are like oh there it is i'm like yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah when the nose gets red the neck gets red too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I definitely understand that yeah. um so yeah so you moved to new york and did you have like any odd jobs while you when you first moved there uh just a lot of waiting tables and they don't do the odd acting jobs from here or there it's like uh my first year or so living here i did this off off broadway rock musical where we would just go to different venues all over the city and we'd do the whole entire musical just in front of mics because we're trying to raise money because we wanted to put it on broadway eventually but it just never happened because the producers really sucked at producing 
but it was it was good. It's called Soul Searching. And it, what a fun story about this is because you know we would play at different bars, and sometimes we would have opening acts for since like 2007, I would say 2007, 2008. I can't remember exactly when this happened, but we're at this one bar one night, and our opening act was this girl named Stephanie, a blonde girl that was playing piano and singing songs that she wrote. And I was like, wow, she's really good. She's fantastic. You know, she opened for us, you know, get the crowd going. And like, of course, like after the show, we all hung out together drinking and, you know, and, you know, just palling around. Never heard from her again or anything like mm-hmm. that. And I, I, I forgot about that for a while. I didn't really think anything of it. And, you know, then uh, a few years ago, I was sitting, you know, talking to my, my friend about that. And uh, my friend Noah were like, yeah, remember that girl, Stephanie? I was like, yeah, I wonder what happened. Not, then it dawned on me, like, wait a minute. That was is- Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. Holy. that! He, he, and my friend's like, oh, my God, you're right. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, holy shit. Lady Gaga opened for us. <laughs> Hey man, you can always uh, tell people that. Like, yeah, yeah I've done some stuff. Uh, Lady Gaga opened for us. Yeah, I mean, I doubt if she would even remember us because this was like this was when she was not Gaga. This was because it was like that's the thing she had to do. She had to change her whole persona to make herself stand out, and it worked. Right. Yeah, but it's like that back then. I was just I was like, holy shit, this woman is amazing. She has yeah. like amazing voice. You know, she wrote these songs. She you know, was a true talent, a true musician. It's like. Wow, she is good. <laughs> and it's like, ah, little did we know. Yeah. The clown and Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, the, the mashup we never knew that we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if That's I ever awesome. meet her, I have to bring that up to her. I was like, I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I bet she does. Yes. I, I can't even remember the bar. It was just somewhere down in the village. You know, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, how did the uh, the Terrifier audition come to be? I I um, found the audition online at the time because I, I had just gotten back from touring with Grinch and I decided to take a few months off just living off of unemployment from the tour because I just like, I want to just focus on acting. I want to get out of just waiting tables all the time. I want to really focus on acting. Mm-hmm. So I took some time off. And at the time, I was really more focused on trying to get on Broadway or doing another Broadway tour. And I had been up for like four or five different Broadway tours and like final, final callbacks. And they all fell through for some reason or another. One of them literally came down to a flip of a coin. And I was like, damn, I'm so close. I just feel I'm so close to something good happening. And the audition for Terrifier came along on this. I saw it on the website. They were looking for a tall, skinny guy to play uh, who had like um, like physical comedy or clowning experience to play oh. art. And I'd seen All Hallows Eve before that. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that character. And I was like, that's a great I, I could do so much with that character. I was like, I, I, I mm-hmm. kind of looked at him back then. It's like an evil Mr. Bean. And I'm like, I would yeah. love a chance because like, I'd always wanted to play a silent character like that because I was like, that would be that was always a goal of mine to play a Mr. Bean type character. And I'm like, this is it. I, I so I contact my agents. I'm like, please, please submit me for this. Push me for this because I, I I know I could get this. And I had never done film work really before. I had done extra work, but never anything substantial. 
And I was like, this is, you know, if anything, this would be a great segue for me into film. If I could get this, it would be great for resume builder and stuff like that. I can. And and so they sent me in and I go in for my audition and I walk into the room and everybody has scripts in their hands and I (laughs) never got a script. And I'm like, Oh God, no. And you know, I asked them at the the front desk and like, I'm sorry. No, you should have gotten one. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? And so they call me in the room. I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm not prepared. I never got a script. And like, they're like, oh, no, Damien's like, oh, you don't need one, man. It's just like art doesn't talk. I'm like, oh, okay, phew. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> what, what, right. What, what can I do for you guys? He's like, well, come up with a scene where you decapitate a guy and you're happy about doing it. That's all I was given. And I'm like, oh, cool. Can I take a few minutes just to think it through and come up with something? He's like, no, no. We're, we're kind of busy because we got a lot of auditions. Just, just do it right now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. And this is where I think it's important for everybody to have some kind of experience doing improvisation, especially when you're an actor. You need to know how to do improvisation because you never know when you're going to be thrown into a moment like this where you're just told to think on your feet and go with it. And I, I just, I had to just turn off my brain and just go with whatever happened. And I, I don't know where this came from. It just came from some dark part of me where I like cartoonishly just snuck up behind my victim, kind of like mocked him behind his back and like knocked him out, you know, took out a saw, sawed off his head, picked it up, looked at it, taste the blood didn't like the taste of it so i take out a salt shaker and season it that's awesome <laughs> so i'm like oh i like it and kind of bathe in a little bit and i like just skipped out on my merry way and wow. that's what got me the part they, they were cracking up by the end of it and they're like can you come in and do a makeup test which is basically saying yeah you've got the part and right. that's that's every actor's dream audition to walk out of the room thinking you have the part it's like that is a rarity i, I know like when they were auditioning for uh, the leads for a part two they they had to go in several times for multiple auditions over and over and again to see how they work with other people and blah 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 uh-huh. and I, I i just walked out of there knowing i had the part the other people had to sit there for months and not knowing yeah That's i'm assuming tough. i'm assuming you had part two unlocked <laughs> there were no auditions. <laughs> what if you had like showed up on set and Damien was like, "Oh yeah, I got an art audition. Just hold on." You'd be like, "What oh, the fuck, man? <laughs> Is it for my stunt double?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I guess like Damien gave you a call and was like, "Hey, you got the part?" Or well, I, actually, that's what's funny about it. I I wasn't. I, I thought I had the part, but I wasn't 100% sure. And then, like, for a few months, I hadn't heard anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I even sent him a message. Like, so uh, are we still doing this um, makeup <laughs> test? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's do it in a few weeks. So I go in and I get the makeup test on. I got all, all the makeup on. I even, like, turned to him at one point. I'm like, so um, do I have the part? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you didn't know? Yeah, you had it for the day you auditioned. It's like your your agent didn't tell you. I'm like, no. Oh wow. <laughs> no, my agent didn't tell me anything. <laughs> I, I'm not with that agent anymore. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> yeah, that would have been a nice little detail to know. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of important to know. Those things, like, oh yeah, you got cast. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Wait, cool. he he told your agent the day you auditioned that you got the part. I, I guess. Oh, I don't wow. know. It was, just, it was just like no communication there. Is uh, that whole entire time I was doing all the communication between. Uh, you know, about payments and everything. I was basically handling all myself. It's like my agent didn't do anything. I, I, I was pissed. I was pissed. So like, cause I also have a manager too. And my an- manager's like, I don't know what's going on. So like afterwards, like my manager and I are like, we got to find someone else. And now I have a more capable agent. So. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes a difference. Yeah. So after the makeup test, like how, how soon did you guys start shooting? Um, uh, a few months later. I okay. started in October of 2015. So I think I had the audition back in like April or May of 2015. And then uh-huh. I went in for the makeup test during that summer. And then we started filming a few months later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I had to do all the prosthetics and stuff like that. Yeah. So at the time, were you like, huh, this is, uh, I think this is like something special. Or was it like, yeah, this is a. Uh, this will be fun. This is yeah, good work. <laughs> I, I was more like, yeah, this will be fun. This is going to be good work. It'll be good for a resume because you know, we were a very low budget movie, and we didn't we didn't have the Hollywood engine behind us. So I was like, yeah, who knows if anybody's going to see this? Maybe the just the fans of All Hallows Eve. Right. So I think that'll be cool, and and that's even how Damien was kind of. We, we're all kind of approaching it this way. It's like we think this is a cool f- movie. We think this will be fun. Hmm. So yeah, that's but we we didn't anticipate what happened. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it's um like every year it gets a little more popular and yeah, um, it's crazy. I guess I guess I would compare it to like I don't know, trick or treat or something like you know really found its legs like years later and yeah. uh, has like a cult following in that way, which is uh-huh. pretty cool. So it's like wow, and I, that's why I, I find out more and more. You know, people are still finding the movie. I mean, yeah. we're no longer on Netflix because our contract ended with Netflix. But like that really helped us a lot was when we got on Netflix. That really, boom, put mm-hmm. us out there because it made us so much more accessible to people. Yeah, I found that out last night when I went to rewatch the movie. Yeah. I was like, what the hell, Netflix? Uh, I, I had to buy it off Prime, which is well, no it's big also deal. on Tubi if you have Tubi. We just went on Tubi recently. Oh, OK. Yeah, go to but, but thank you for buying it off Prime. That, that oh, helps sure. us. That's. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, that's because like <laughs> we didn't get rich off this movie by any means because it's like, you know, you don't. Have... <laughs> right, right. Do you have any idea like how Terrifier 2 is going to be like how people are going to watch it? We're I mean, still trying to figure that out right now because, you know, like this whole stupid virus kind of put a damper on a lot of that kind of stuff because we we're almost done filming. We, I think we had maybe two weeks left of filming when we had to go into lockdown in March here in New York. So yeah. that was like, uh, so, but we're finally almost done. I, I'm going to be filming my last scene um, next month in December. So that's awesome. going to be, yeah. So we're, we're, we anticipate all the filming to be finished by December, end of December. So we're hoping to get released sometime early, mid next year. That's, you know, <laughs> knock on wood. All that, but okay. we have to find distribution. We, we want to first finish the movie, and then once we get that, we can look for distribution and stuff like. I don't, I, I don't think this time it'll be as difficult to find distribution as it was for the first one because now we have a name behind us, we have a following, so people are like, I think people are really 
chomping at the bit to hopefully yeah take take us on so <laughs> yeah yeah so i guess you won't do like a pull of halloween kills and be like oh it's pushed back to next october yeah I, we don't want to do that it's like it's, it's much because it, i mean even though it takes place on halloween we want it to get out there to the world we're, we're so excited yeah. for people to see this like we're tired of it not being out there in the world because there's so much we we're, we're having to keep quiet and we're just like, oh, we just want everybody to see this thing. It's such a fun movie. We're very excited. I want people to, you know, especially for my new co-stars, I want them to be, you know, introduced to the world so they are, their careers can start up and start going somewhere and stuff yeah. like that too. Because I think they're so fantastically talented and I, I want their, I want them to get recognized for what they've put into this especially our female lead lauren lavera she's fantastic and she, this girl went through so much hell in this movie <laughs> so she deserves whatever accolades are coming her way because i'm um, she's amazing she's absolutely amazing so you know I, I think there's talks of us taking possibly even doing a like a road show of it like kind of like what kevin smith did with the last jane silent bob movie oh that would be cool yeah because we're not sure it would be able to be actually released in theaters just right. because of the subject matter because mm, yeah, I, yeah i think the first five minutes of the movie would get us an nc-17 rating oh wow okay yeah, yeah it's pretty 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 uh violent <laughs> well that's good news so i guess uh you guys aren't gonna tone it down at all for the sequel no, we, we don't want to it's like because we know that's what the fans want to see Right. This is this is a movie for the fans, funded by the fans primarily too. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're giving the fans what they want to see. Like that's the thing is like um when uh the first film came out, Damon has looked at all the uh, the reviews, all the criticisms, good and bad, and he's taken it all to heart when he was writing part two, and mm -hmm. he's like, okay, let's address the things that people thought worked and didn't work, and let's improve on things, make things bigger and better in that way. That's what we've done. I think yeah. this is I think this is a superior film to the first film in so many ways. The trailer looks amazing. I was so hyped when I saw that trailer. And I think the trailer dropped before they announced like, oh, well, it's not going to be out yeah. in October. It was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but it's that it's, it's a great trailer because it really I I, I love that trailer. It, yeah. It's a great trailer it, because it doesn't ruin anything. Uh -huh. There's so much that you don't see in that trailer, like characters that you don't see in that trailer, even that I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, there's so much more. People think they've got it all figured out. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, no. One thing that stood out, like just the look of the movie mm -hmm. looks elevated. Yeah, like just from what I've seen of the, the trailer, it looks, um, I don't know, like a little sharper. And yeah, we, we got yeah. some new equipment. <laughs> we, yeah. We, like that was a good thing about having a, a bigger budget this time was we were able to really get some better equipment this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had good equipment for the first one, but you know, we were able to get the top of the line stuff this time around and really go for, go for it. Awesome. So it it's been exciting in that regard. It's, 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 and we were able to get a, a little bit of a bigger crew this time as well to work with. We still have a small crew, but it's like, I, I, think the crew that we have has just pulled off some freaking miracles because we still don't have like a multi-million dollar budget we're still low budget in a lot of ways we're just not low low budget like we were for the first film right but the what they've able, been able to pull off of 
have just been amazing. And some of the locations we've been able to get have really helped out too, because it's, you know, the first film was set basically in one or two locations. Mm-hmm. And this one, art's going all over the place. <laughs> oh, wow. So well, it, it takes place all over this because he's he's still in Miles County, but he's going to different locations. So he's not just in a warehouse the whole entire time. He's you know he's going to su- suburbia in some areas. Ooh, and all right, yeah, uh, yeah. that yeah, that, that's exciting. So are are there any unexpected Terrifier fans? Have you had anybody reach out to you like, holy shit, you're a fan of the movie? A lot, yeah. It's that's really. Like, yeah, that's especially when, you know, I've been at the conventions. That's when I've really found out some of these celebrities that have been fans of it and stuff like that. It's like the the first one that really floored me was Bill Mosley. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I'm like, oh, it's Bill Mosley. I mean, the guy's a freaking icon when it comes to horror. And he, he just comes like David because we you know I, he we had chatted before online. But I, I was like, oh, he's just being friendly and stuff like that. But he he's like comes up to me. He's like, Dave, I I. I I, can you sign this copy of the movie? And say I'll, I'll pay. I'm like, dude, 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 dude. No, 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 man, no, no. And then he was tweeting about, oh my god, you guys have got to see this movie, blah blah blah. So like, he was pretty like one of those ones that blew me away. I was like, what's also amazed me is like the wrestling world. A lot of like big name wrestlers are huge fans of it. You know, like, wow. especially Chris Jericho. He's oh nice. He's, he's basically become part of our Terrifier family now. I could, Which is pretty cool. I could see that like for the uh, arts, very theatrical and mm-hmm. wrestlers have to, you know, sell things with their bodies. And yeah, so, yeah, I could I could see that. But yeah, um, Bill Mosley, I've met him before as well. Oh, He's great. I, such I a cool dude. Him. Just adore him. It's like uh, I was uh, I, I think, yeah, I think it was John Carpenter. We we're at a convention and. He were the convention together. I never got to t- talk to him, but he actually sent his because he was just so inundated with people at his table. Of course, I mean it's John Carpenter. Yeah, but he sent like his assistant just to come over to me and just tell tell me hi and everything like that. And it's like wow. it's like he, he he loved the film, and I was like, huh? Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow, it was like that kind of stuff. I'm like, I. <laughs> Like Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale, when we first came out on Netflix, she and the girl you know, that played Barb on like you know, on Stranger Things, you know, she, uh-huh. she's also on Riverdale. But they had just watched Terrifier together, and she tweeted out a whole video of them watching it and stuff like that to all of her fans. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so we were hitting so many different demographics all at once. We like the wrestling world with the you know the, all the horror fans also watching. Then you have all these. The, the CW fans watching it too. Oh, so it's wow. just yeah. different demographics. And that, that was pretty impressive. And there's also been like, I, uh, uh, Viking Barbie, Kaylee Swenson. She's like a playboy playmate. She recently did a whole cosplay as art, the clown. Whoa. That's cool. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? So it's like, it's one of those things too, to find out, you know, porn stars are like fans. I'm like, ah. <laughs> my 16 year old self is going, High five. <laughs> <laughs> you done good, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's very surreal because it's like it's What does I, your family think of the movie? My uh my dad, I he's he's proud. He's proud. Awesome. It, yeah, he's like 
well done. And my, my sister, my sister's mentally and physically handicapped. And at the time the movie came out, I, I sent her a copy of it and stuff like that. Cause she, she really wanted, I'm like, Vonda, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle this. Uh, <laughs> it's very like violent. It? Yeah. Well, the fun thing was she watched it at her group home that she was at. And it was a very, very Christian oh. group. Oh home. my God. You know? So <laughs> And she was like, but she was like, this is my little brother's movie. I'm like, Vonda, oh no. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, but they're in all like, they're all like, oh wow, that was very bloody and violent. That was very scary. I'm like, yeah. Are they okay? <laughs> it's like, just tell them I'm not like that. That's that's just me acting. Because you know. I don't know how they will take it, but she's like, "Yeah, they were kind of freaked out by you." I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> but she she was very proud of me. She she loves telling people that she's my sister. Oh, that's cool, man. So she's very proud, and if my mom was still alive, I don't know if she would see it because <laughs> my mom was very afraid of horror movies. She did not like horror movies. She she was a chicken. She would she would probably been like, "I love you, but I I can't." I'm like I, I, I have a lot, I've had a lot of friends like I love you and I think you're fantastic, but I cannot watch this because I'm terrified of clowns. I'm like that's oh, totally wow. fine. I totally understand. Just tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so David, I um I asked the listeners of the Spook House. I put up a little Q and A. Like, hey, ask ask David anything. Cool. So do you mind answering a few of them? Sure, that'd be fun. Awesome. Okay. Thomas Baker wants to know, how did you get the role for art? I think mm-hmm. we already discussed okay. that one. Yeah. Um, my friend Will Vereen, all the way from Scotland, wants to know, did clowns ever terrify you in the past? If not, do they now? Actually, uh, I would say like the only one that actually, well, two, when I was really, really young. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I had one of those Mego <laughs> action figures from back in the day, the Batman figures. I had a lot of those from like uh-huh. the late 70s, early 80s. And it was the Joker figure, and it, he scared me. That that figurine scared me, and so my mom had to hide the Joker from me. Which is funny, because like the Joker is my favorite villain of all time now, so I, had to, I think that's kind of funny. So that kind of scared me then in like the, the when uh, Poltergeist first came out when I was a little kid. Uh. My parents had a, a watch party at home, and uh, I think that's one of the few movies that my mom watched. It was a horror movie because of Spielberg. So she was like, yeah, yeah Spielberg. It's not going to be that bad. But I, I snuck out of my room and I, I, I started watching it. Didn't think that they knew I was there, but they were, they knew. But I, I but the whole clown scene and that freaked me out. And I'm like, yeah. oh no. So yeah. But after that, I've never really been afraid of clowns. They've never really scared me. I kind of always loved clowns. Same here, but as a kid, I remember um, Bozo the Clown. Remember that guy? He had oh, the talk show? I, I met Bozo one time. Whoa! He, he came to Huntsville when I was in third grade, and I got called to be on stage with him. And so I, I didn't get to do the, <laughs> brand, the grand prize game, unfortunately, though. But I was a huge Bozo fan. I used to watch him every morning before I went to school. Uh, was that we like got, a... It's on WGN when I was a kid. Yeah, was that like a traveling thing? Or no, I, I think just that year they he traveled. Oh wow! Did his show uh, in, in different cities. It was wow, so, that's he cool. Gave us all like because he called a lot of kids up on stage with him. We all got goodie bags and stuff like that from him. Like not just like a little cheap little good, like tons of stuff like you know videos and posters and toys and all this bozo related stuff. I was like, this is really cool. 
Wow. That's that's yeah. funny. All right, let's see here. Silent Rick asks, which scene from any film you've done as art was the most disturbing? Um, well, I can't talk about what's in part two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's actually the, the scene I'm going to be filming. I, I've already started filming the first part of it. I filmed that back in, De- uh, in not December, but uh, February. And it's pretty disturbing. I think it's going to rival the hacksaw scene in some ways. Wow. It's, it's pretty gruesome. It's, oof. can you give any hints? It. Mm, <laughs> I, I I will say that um I can't really tell you what's going to happen in the scene because I want that to be as people just be like oh my god uh-huh. oh my god but it was like just the first part that we started filming before we really started doing all the prosthetics that's what we're going to be really filming now is the actual kill part of the scene but just when I'm starting everything one of our crew members who is a huge horror fan uh-huh. huge horror fan loves horror films had to excuse himself from set because he started getting woozy. Wow. He's like, I, I, I gotta get get some air right now, guys. I'm this <laughs> is hard to watch. And so I was like, oh, that's man. and we have another scene also in part two that we already filmed, and it's it's pretty it's mean. It's a very mean kill. It's like a lot of times when art's killing people is kind of funny, but this is mean. Oh, and wow. Damien even said he was getting nauseous when he was uh editing it. Because it was just well, like, it's like this is hard to watch. I'm like, yeah. Well, I think everybody's curiosity is now peaked, including yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah, we we haven't pulled back at all with the gore. I think we've actually gone forward with it because one one of the things Damien, you know, we were talking about is like you have to begin the movie and end the movie with a bang because those are the two parts people really remember about a movie. Mm-hmm. Like the middle part could be really good, but if you have a crappy ending or a crappy beginning, people will remember that. And so we start the movie off with a bang and end it with a bang. And, <laughs> and like I said, the first five minutes would probably get an NC-17 rating with the gore. It's, is it the opening scene is the one that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Now, what? Now we, that's the that's. Also disturbing scene, but like the scene I'm talking about, I'm going to be filming next month is yeah, it yeah. happens about halfway through, I would say. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Here's another one from Lil Flea. I'm not sure how to say that. Will we ever get a backstory of Art the Clown or will he always be a mystery? Mysteries in all caps for some reason, but yeah. will he be a mystery? Uh, we're not going to, we, we offer some clues in part two. If, okay. Especially if you know where to look, um, we might we're thinking about addressing more of his past in part three. But at the same time, I think the mystery is key to the character. True, I, I think that's you know when you tell everything, I think I think that takes away part of the the fun of the character. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the Joker, where it's you know how he became the Joker. You know he was Red Hood and he fell into the the vat of chemicals and he went crazy. But you don't necessarily know who he was before that. Sure. And I like that. I like that kind of mystery to it. So uh, that's in some ways we might take that kind of approach to him because a little bit of mystery is always fun. I, I like because I like seeing all the different, you know, theories that people have and stuff like that. And, I mean, yes. I know who he is. That's, that's something Damien and I have really developed together is his backstory and stuff like that. But it's like 
how much of that will truly get into, I don't know. But I, I want to know that just for myself as an actor. So I knew where he was coming from. But he's, I, I, I think like the, the homeless woman in the first film, you know, the cat lady kind of nails a lot of things, you know, take, nails it on the head where she's like, yeah, he's doing it because he thinks it's fun. I think she really is summed up the character in a lot of ways. He's not yeah. like, you know, Jason doing it out of revenge or, you know, Freddie doing it out of revenge. He, yeah. I think that's kind of scary in its own way. It's like, this is why he does it. It's he, he just finds this to be fun. This is joy to him. This brings him joy. And that's, yeah, that's pretty disturbing. He's not doing this because, you know, he, someone was mean to him in the past necessarily. Uh huh. Molly wants to know, is he actually a mime or a clown? I may or may not have gotten in a drunken argument about this once. <laughs> I've gotten in arguments. <laughs> that was funny. It's like one time I got in an argument with someone on Facebook over this, and they're like, how would you know? I'm like, I, I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally the guy that plays the character. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but so are no, you saying he's a mime? Hell no. Oh. <laughs> it's in his name, Art the Clown. But here's the reason why. He's a silent clown. There are different types of clowns out there, and he's a silent clown. A good example of a silent clown is um, uh, uh, Emmett Kelly's character uh, that he used to do back in the day. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a silent clown. Harpo Marx was a silent clown. Mr. Bean is a silent clown. Sure. They might not have the makeup on, but that is the style of a silent clown. And the difference between silent clowns and mimes are mimes do not use props. That's why they're called mimes. They pantomime everything. Silent mm-hmm. clowns do use props. Very good point. He wouldn't Thanks be an effective killer if he was a mime. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I still I have this you know idea like maybe one film someone calls him a mime at one point he just like <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> that one is settled okay yep. Cherry Haycraft wants to know I know Terrifier two has some great horror icons part of the cast what other horror icon would you want to work with on Terrifier three oh gosh there's so I think Bruce Campbell would be fun yeah. I think that'll that'll be a good one. I would be so intimidated though at the same time. Because <laughs> I've been to conventions with him. He's like one of the few people I've been at multiple conventions with I have never really interacted with. Cause I'm just like, I I, I love him so much. And he's <laughs> just so intimidating in person because he's just so freaking charismatic. And I'm just like, man, I don't want to be like don't want to have some bad experience with him. But I, I was like in an elevator one time and I made him laugh. I was like, that that does it. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. (laughs) Okay. I made Bruce Campbell laugh. So I I think that would be fun to work with him, you know, because I I think he could do some crazy things. You know, I think his kind of style would fit really well into the art universe. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Bill Mosley would be a lot of fun, too. I was about to say Bill Mosley. I was like, yeah, yeah, put our boy Bill in the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, we wanted to kind of get him in Terrifier 2, but like we just didn't have a part that we felt was worthy of him. Okay. And he's like, man, it's like, because he was interested too. It was like, ah, man, but we'd love to, but we don't have a part that's right for you. It's like, we want you though. <laughs> right. <laughs> love to work with because 
Bill is like the sweetest guy too. He's just such a great person all around. It's like that's what's so funny about these horror guys. It's like they're all like great people in real life. Like Kane Hodder's a huge, you know, friend of ours now too. He would love to really get involved with Terrifier as well. And we're like, yeah, we don't have anything worthy of Kane either in part two. So it's just like, ah oh, man, but it's, but they're in like real life. They're just the like biggest teddy bears. They play these horrible, scary, crazy people on <laughs> film, but they're like the nicest chill dudes in real life. Yeah. Those are some uh, solid picks for part three. All right, that's all the Instagram questions. My girlfriend has a question for you. So she's a school psychologist. She works with uh, elementary kids, actually. Yeah. Um, so she, it was kind of funny. We were watching the movie again last night, and she was like kind of analyzing art from like a, that perspective. And yeah. she was like, is he selectively nonverbal? Like, does he choose not to speak or can he not speak? I can't say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a, that. There's a lot of stuff you could look into there with that because it's like, yeah, it does he? Because like, even when he's hurt, there's no sound, not even a grunt. You don't even hear yeah. him breathing. That's what I think. It's like there's no, you know, inhale or exhale that you even hear come from him. It's uh-huh. like you at least hear that from Jason and Mike Myers. Yeah. You hear no sounds come from him. I, and I think that's what adds to his disturbing nature. It's like it just makes him more inhuman in that way. Yeah. It's like, that's something strange with this guy. There's no sound. Even when he's stabbed in the foot, no scream, no grunt, yeah. even. Not, nothing. Not even. Like, mm, or nothing. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah, I love that. I think when it's you interesting. Were, when you were filming certain scenes, did you ever like catch yourself like, hey, and you were like, oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> yeah, because on set, that's something I try to intentionally do is not make sounds when I'm doing any of that. I, I it's, it's it's hard, especially when you're doing like the 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 fights. It's yeah. it's hard not making any grunts or you know huge exhales because I also grew up taking Taekwondo, so I'm used to the yelling yeah. when I throw a punch and you know because right. <laughs> it helps with energy. It's like, oh, this is tough. Or like doing my silent laughs. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I basically what I do is do it in my head. Mm -hmm. There there have been a few times where like, go ahead. They want a really big laugh out of me. And I know they're not doing any sound like they're not recording sound. They're like, go ahead and actually laugh so we can actually make it look like you're I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'll do that. But, but, you know, but that's very rare. Yeah. Very rare. So, but it's hard. It's definitely hard because it goes against all your instincts. Yeah. Huh. All right. So final question. I thought of this one earlier. If you could see any actor play Art the Clown other than you, alive or dead, who would you want to see? Oh, that's easy. Doug Jones. Oh, good call. Yeah, that would be Solid pick there. Oh, yeah, because it, this is totally something Doug, you know, I mean, he's like one of my sources of inspiration anyway. It's like, I, mm-hmm. since I was a kid, I, I think, you know, I was like, oh, he's like me. He's he's tall, skinny guy, and he plays, he's, he's really physical. He, uh-huh. he, he, great mastery of his body. And I'm like, I, I, I would love to have his type of career one day. Because mm-hmm. I never wanted to be like the, the, the male romantic leads or anything. I always wanted to be the character guy. I, I, mm-hmm. I think the, the character guys had the more fun roles anyway. 
And then it's like, I would love to do what Doug does one day. So that, you know, it's like, if, if I couldn't do it, Doug would be amazing. Yeah, that's a very good pick. I would love to see Doug do a makeup test of Art the Clown just to see what it looks like. That would be wow. cool. Who probably looks very similar to me. <laughs> probably, yeah. You guys definitely have uh, a lot of similarities. I actually met Doug down in North Carolina last year at Mad Monster Party. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That was, that was, I was. <laughs> <laughs> He's the nicest guy. We just sat down and talked for about an hour or so, just getting to know each other. And it was just wonderful. It's like, this is amazing. It's just like, it's like, I, I get to talk to the guy that's, you know, it's like basically for me meeting Robin Williams or Jim Carrey. It's like, oh my gosh, I actually get to talk to the guy that's inspired me. Like I can really pick his brain and. It, 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 he's just such a nice guy. It's like we even joke, like we need to play father and son or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like he, oh, like I, I think they need to get him, Javier Botet, and the, the three of us together and make some kind of deadly trio out of the three of us. I think that would be like these tall, skinny guys. That that would be that would be fun. Yeah, I haven't met Javier yet, but I, I understand he's just a really cool guy too in real life. My pick would be Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I would be like, yeah, that's he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been enjoying watching him on SNL recently. I'm like, oh, it's so good seeing him do comedy again. Yeah, like, that's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Yeah. It's like well, I, I guess, actually when I saw the Sonic movie, I was like, that's why I saw the Sonic movie. It's like it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey again. I gotta watch this. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I haven't seen it yet. I actually kind of enjoyed it in some ways. Yeah. Okay. But I, like, I was like, but like I said, it's Jim Carrey. So it's like I watched it for Jim Carrey. Right. I watch of course. anything he does because I, I just love to watch him work. Yeah, I, I even really enjoy his more dramatic roles. One of my favorite movies of his that doesn't get enough love is I Love You, Philip Morris. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Amazing movie. That's like, I've probably watched that like 10 times. Yeah. yeah, it's, God, so good. Yeah. He's he's just, he's really good. Really good. He's such a smart man, too. Such a smart yeah. man. But you have to be. It's like, that's with comedy. You, you can't be stupid and do comedy well. Mm-hmm. You have to be smart to play play the fool, I guess you could say, in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jim Carrey. Come on the show sometime. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I love to meet you, Jim. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's all the questions. And um, look, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. It's uh, what's what's the temperature like up there in New York right now? It's getting uh-huh. cold down here, man. It's like dropped down nice. to the 30s in North Carolina. Yeah, it was. It's forty-eight degrees here right now, but yesterday it was almost freezing. Dude, it's colder here than New York right now. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, <laughs> yeah. That's always weird to me when I, when I see like it's colder in Alabama than it is in New York. I'm like, what? Do you still no. keep up with the Alabama weather? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially yeah. when it gets the cold, because I I love seeing them do reports when they're supposed to get snow and they're like, okay, everything's closed. We think yep. we're going to get snow. Cause I remember that as a kid, everything would close down if they even thought we we're going to have snow. Yep. And then you get like one inch maybe. And they're like, Oh God, chaos. It's absolute chaos. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, no. Because like when I first moved here to New York, I, I had no idea what cold weather really was. 
Oh, and then like the first snow, I was excited. Then I'm like, after my first snow, I was like, I hate snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not fun like it was in Alabama because Alabama everything closed and you could just go out and play and enjoy it. Here you have to still go to work. Yeah, <laughs> you have to hike through it and. Your shoes are soaking wet by the time you get to work. Then you have to walk around in soggy, cold socks and shoes. Yeah. Like, ah, socks. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, man. <laughs> and so cold. <laughs> so, um, so you said that uh, Terrifier Two hopefully will be out early next year, like early mid next year. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. It's like okay. I said, it's, it, t- it depends on how quickly we can get it all edited and how quickly we can get distribution behind it. And that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's probably going to be more, you know, video demand like it was last time. But I I'm, I still hope we can at least do some limited runs in theaters because I, I think it's one of those things that needs to be seen with a big audience. But, you know, with COVID, who knows right now? It's just, sure. That's the thing. It's like this stupid COVID. Hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, we get a vaccine sometime soon out to everybody and we can get back yeah. to normal. Yeah. Yeah, get back to normal. There's a, a segue I could go into, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> you don't want to get political right mean. now. <laughs> Please, God, can we get some normalcy in the world? January 20th. <laughs> Need we say more? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, David. Well, hey, man. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I really wow. appreciated it. If you ever do Carolina Fear Fest, I would love to go out for a beer with you. Yeah, I think I'm going to be there next year. I think that they're anticipating having me back for next year to make up for this year. So, Oh, real quick. Do you have yeah. anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, God, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'm the worst yeah. at I'm the worst at doing this. <laughs> like, plug away, please. Oh, God. Where can yeah, people I'm, find you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram under David Howard Thornton, and um, I have Cameo page as well. So, you know, since I'm not doing conventions, I've been doing a lot of Cameo pages. So if you have a birthday or you want me to wish people Merry Christmas or whatever, you can find me on Cameo. I charge the same as I do for an autograph, too. I don't... I'm not one of those people that charges $100 for one of those things. I, I don't want people going broke for something like that. So it's like, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and um, in January, I start filming two more films. I, I, I have a cameo role in this film called Time's Up that okay. is uh, made by a bunch of horror people. Um, Damon Maffei from Strangers 2 Pray at Night and Haunt. Elsie uh, Holt from Your Next. Felissa Rose as well. Nice. So I, I play a creepy janitor, which is going to be a fun role for me in that. So awesome. I, I think, yeah. And then I start filming what is, we're hoping is going to be another um, franchise called Stream. I'm going to be filming that with a lot of our Terrifier people, our Fuzz and Lens guys. Uh, this is their big horror film that they're making. So that's going to be fun. Stream? Stream. Yeah, you okay. can look it up on IMDb. They've already announced some of the cast. They got some cool names for the horror world involved. So I, I believe uh, Jeffrey Combs is going to be our main bad guy. And I get to be one of the bad guys too. Sweet. But, um, that's someone I'm looking forward to working with too. Cause I think he's an f- amazing character actor. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody thinks of him as free reanimator. I always think of him from the frighteners. I thought that I was about to say that. Yeah. My God, he was amazing in that. I was like, he's yeah. so creepy in that. Oh, I love uh-huh. it. I'm like, Man. I'm excited. I think that's due for a rewatch. I haven't seen that in. Yeah. yeah. 
been a while since I watched that. And it's like that was a great movie. Great Peter movie. Jackson movie. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> I know. So it was before Peter Jackson was Peter Jackson. You know? Right, right. It's like, oh, this it was such a good movie. Such yeah. a great cast. Oh my god, what a great cast. Great concept too. I'm like, it's a shame they didn't make any more of those. Shout out to the Frighteners. Good movie. Underrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Jake Busey, Jake John Aston, Chai McBride, all these awesome people in it. Yeah, man. All right, so you got those two movies coming out, or you're going to start filming those? Those yeah. sound really good, man. I will will definitely keep my eyes out for that. So. Thank you. Oh, and I have uh, another one I did a little cameo for called The Dark Offerings that should be coming out sometime soon. I don't know exactly when yet, but we filmed that exclusively over Zoom during COVID. Cool. So there, there are a lot of horror people involved with that as well, like uh, Tamara Glenn, Felissa Rose, Eileen uh, uh, Dietz. From, uh, like, uh, it's uh, like the uh, whole movie takes place on Zoom? Basically. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because, you know, I wasn't in the room with anybody else, so we're all having to interact over Zoom uh-huh. and act off of each other that way. So that was that was interesting. Yeah, that seems to be, um, like, I'm, I'm sure you've seen, um, what's the, that movie that came out on Shutter, um, uh, it, it was done all over Zoom. I forgot the name of it. That seems to be pretty popular right now, but that's a pretty cool concept. Like, I would like to see more people do that. So, yeah. and I think people are going to be forced to do that. I, do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I got to go now because I my battery light just came on on my computer. I'm like, oh, oh, that's a that's our that's our <laughs> sign there. Yeah. All right. David, thank you so much for being on the. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the Spook House, man. It was good to have you here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on here as well. Sorry, I had to cut you off. I'm like, oh crap. (laughs) Oh no, it's it's all good, David. All right, man. Take care. You take care and stay safe out there as well, man.